This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hello and welcome back to another Swanscast podcast and this week I'm joined by Ben where we're going to chat about maybe not the most positive stuff around Swansea City and it's the first time we've had to do it for a while but obviously we've got to, we've got to chat about it, that very disappointing performance and loss up the road to Cardiff. So thanks for joining me for this one Ben, I know it's not the easiest one to, to be part of but thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, we just, just get through it, get through it, forget about it. It's got to be done in here. Got a lot yeah. to say. Um, unfortunately, I've come down with a bit of an illness, so bear with me if my voice is a bit croaky. I'll try my best to get through it in the the most upbeat way possible, but we'll see how we get on. It's kind of like uh, in tune with the performance, really, how I'm feeling right now physically. So, yeah, let's just get on with it. Before we start, I just want to say you might have noticed on the last podcast, we have joined the Talk Sport Fan Network. So thanks for everyone's support up to this point because that's what's getting us these opportunities. So we are part of the Talk Sport family now. You might hear a little clip at the start and end of the podcast. Um, and yeah, we're just going to see what happens with that, see what comes with it. We might have some collaboration opportunities. We have got, you might have seen from the pre match videos, quite a few podcasts on board to talk about each team in the league so far this season. We haven't missed one yet, so let's hope we can keep that going. So if you want to catch those, they're only on YouTube. But let's get cracking with the podcast then. So beginning then, last week on the pitch, there is only one thing to talk about, and that is Cardiff 2, Swansea 0. Now, before we get into any of it, I think it's important to remember there was a reason why the South Wales derby didn't have a double done for so long, you know. And we've been spoilt a little bit when in the last four back-to-back games. So we've got to maybe, you know, we celebrated that a lot. Maybe it is time that we've got to take one on the chin. But that doesn't mean it was an acceptable performance on the pitch. And my first question to you, Ben, is what even was the game plan? Because I have no idea. I, I mean, don't know what they're trying to do anymore. Like, I thought at the start in the first few games under Duff, I could see some positives. And even in the Bournemouth Cup game, it looked like it was... It was, you know, progress. But the last two games specifically, I don't know what to think anymore. 
Yeah, the word everyone keeps using is regression, and that's accurate. I mean, I was there in the away end, unfortunately. Um, like you said, it's, I, I came on the post uh, podcast after the Bristol City game and talked a lot about no idea how we were actually trying to play, and it was felt exactly the same way this time around. And I think up until one 0 I don't think Cardiff really got out of first gear. They were they were the better team, but they weren't exactly doing anything extravagant. But we were just woeful. From you know, start to finish, our first shot on target was the 90th minute. You're lining up in the same 3-5-2 formation with slightly different personnel. Some of the new signings coming in, Pedersen, Lowe, etc. But, I mean, every time a centre-back was picking up the ball, you're waiting for him to play into midfield or the midfielders to make crossover runs to find some space. That wasn't happening. Instead, we were seeing slow, lethargic, sideways, backwards passing before a hopeful long ball forward <laughs> to Lowe or Yates, who aren't really going to have the ability to bring it down and bring anyone else into play. Yeah. Uh, the way we were playing, you were half expecting Kuharevich to come on, and he didn't until very late in the game. He wasn't even meant to be on the bench until Joe Allen pulled out with an injury last second. But again, like you say, lack of ideas, lack of identity. It's worrying that we're getting worse and worse week on week, it seems. I feel like the, the uh, players have sort of already fallen out of love with Michael Duff. The fan base, as we'll talk about a bit later, with the reaction at the end, have definitely fallen out with my uh, love of Michael Duff. So it's worrying, to say the least. I've always been one of those who are saying, give him 10 games. We've had six Same. now. I I, I, uh, I struggle to see him making 10 games if it continues like this the next uh, couple of fixtures we have, if I'm honest. We'll talk about the week going forward, but I just feel like he's at that crunch time already, potentially. And I feel like he was speaking like a man who maybe knows that as well. Mm. Uh, sometimes when you lose the fans in the way that has clearly happened... It is a very difficult road to come back from that. And I wish him all the luck in doing so. Because I, for one, would much rather it work out. And he turns it round. It's just difficult to see how that's going to happen right now. And there's a long way to go to get the fans back on side. We thought, you know, Russell Martin was divisive. I've never seen so much unity around uh, a, a sort of collective decision for people who... Do want him to go? And there's people that don't necessarily want him to go as well. Who are sitting there like, I don't really want to say Duff out, but at the same time, if he does go, I'm not bothered. Yeah, I saw a poll on Twitter earlier, and it was, "Do you think Michael Duff should be sacked right now?" And it was 92% yes, 8% no. I was actually 8% because I'm thinking we we don't want to be one of those clubs who are like sacking club managers after six games. Yeah. What I say is, from the last two performances, he's making Steve Cooper look like Pep Guardiola. That's a ridiculous comment i know but it genuinely feels like it's gone that badly that quickly um as said, we'll talk about the week ahead i think there's a fixture after next year after wednesday home if we lose that i'd be surprised if he's still here i think if we go one nil down in that game it'll go extremely toxic extremely quickly and as i think we'll talk about the fan reaction at the end now if that's all right i mean the yeah. game Liam Cullen comes over first of all near way uh, towards the away end applauds and taps the badge and we were all applauding him then I think it was Matt Grimes and somebody else comes along after and they've got a fairly okay reception. Then Michael Duff comes along. And let's put it this way, I can't repeat the words and gestures which were being thrown at him. And uh, he very quickly turned away because of it. And what I'm worried about is the 2,000 or so fans who were there in the away end, they tend to be the ones who make the atmosphere of the home games. So when you lose that little contingent of fans, it's really, really difficult to win them back. We need to see a stark improvement in a very short, the matter of time, otherwise I fear it only ends one way and it's going to end that way very quickly. Yeah, jumping ahead a bit, we've got QPR next on Tuesday, I want to say it's Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, for me, 
they got to go out to make a statement that they could change this. It needs to be a win and it needs to be a good performance. And if yeah. it's not, then it is do or die at Sheffield Wednesday uh, when they come down here <coughs> um, on the weekend. I think you're right, to be honest. I, 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 you can't go that eight win, eight without a win. And it's not just eight without a win at that point, is it? It's the performances, it's the the fan part is a big part as yeah. well. If if, the, if people are not on board, then I just don't see how it can change. And if the negative atmosphere is always there, always present, every game, it's going to you know come onto the pitch, make his job harder in terms of changing it around. And at, at what point do you just say, look, we just got to bite the bullet here and and make make a change because. You could stick it out as long as possible and then it's going to end in the worst way possible. Or do you give the change the most amount of time to make an impact? I mean, it's worrying, isn't it? I mean, what's worrying is that I've seen the same old things that get thrown around after you lose a derby. It's all lack of fight, lack of effort. They don't care. I didn't see that at all. They cared. No, I didn't either. They were, they were flying into 50-50s. It's not that they weren't trying to make something happen. You saw Pedersen 55 minutes in screaming at the midfield to like make some movement in front of him it wasn't so much that they didn't care it's that they had no idea what was expected of them it's, it just continues to be worrying them i think what i was expecting when michael duff came in was camp depressing off the ball we've seen none of that i think i was expecting you know probably some more long balls but I was expecting bodies around the first man to win the second ball and overlap yeah, but we, we don't even have that. someone up there to win that first ball no, we don't. But what, say now you played a ball into somebody's feet or, or to land into somebody's feet, some of the drop back and run onto like an aerial ball. It doesn't have to be something that you beat yeah. the centre back to. If, if you've got the technical quality, which we do in our centre backs now in midfield, you can play those passes with somebody to receive lower down with their body. Yeah, but and my then, argument would be Yates and Lowe are the sort of players that don't want to be doing that. They want to be turning on a defence. Of course they do. But then look, I think this is the issue now we got the five strikers we have, right? Uh, Janelli, Cullen, Lowe, Yates, Kuharevich. Would you argue four of those other than Kuharevich are players who want to play yeah. on their last man, probably? And, and this is what I don't understand, is the way they've, they have recruited, like I can't complain at the recruitment and in a different system, that recruitment is perhaps really good. But the way that he's trying to play, I don't think the forwards are allowing him to put his stamp on it because... They can't do the job that they need. They need him to do. They can't hold the ball up, and they can't. Like I, I don't know. They just for me, they are forwards are running behind. Both of the ones that started against Cardiff, Yates has been quiet since Perot was gone. Mm. Lowe is basically a winger turned forward. He isn't. You know, he's he's like Janelli essentially. I know we kind of turned him into a forward under Steve Cooper, but that's not what he was historically, and you can tell that in the way that he does play, and he does a decent job from there, and he did a decent job in his year here before, you know, and he got a few goals. But for those two to be leading the line, with no one really directly behind them, and then three midfielders, I don't really understand how he was expecting to make any opportunities, because there's no one there to, like, win that second ball. Exactly. I mean, I think you've got to find a two-striker partnership that complement each other. This Kuharevich, he, he was brought in fairly early on in the summer. He wasn't a deadline day last gasp signing it's quite clear he's been brought in with the idea of playing some minutes even if he isn't exactly ready yet i think you've got to try a different formula to what we're seeing whether yeah. that's a different strike partnership maybe it's uh 
different formation altogether. You know, you've got low now. Do you want to just say do something as drastic as four three three with low and Janelli on the wings with Yates up top? I I I think it's like crunch time in that. One comment he made after the Cardiff game was, um, "I'll stick to my principles. I, I won't change what I'm doing." Well, you need to change what you're doing because it's getting worse every single week. Nobody's responding positively to the things that are happening on the pitch or happening off the pitch. I think the issue we've got before 3-3 now is we have quite attacking wing-backs. We don't really have full-backs, do we? Tim on's a wing-back. Key's quite clearly a wing-back. Ashby, I don't know what he'd be like in a back four. So we're almost, we've recruited so heavily to this 3-5-2 now we're almost stuck with it, I think. I think it could go to it. I think you could even potentially open up the opportunity for one of them wing-backs to play as a winger if that was needed. Only got Janelli and Lowe, but obviously if you're going to substitute, <laughs> there's, there's not really anyone else after them is there. So Callan can go up there, but he's not not what he was is ideally used. Uh, but he can do a job there. And I guess you could use Key further up the pitch. I know Abdullah is injured now, but he could have probably done it too. Um, don't know about Timon. I need to see a bit more of him before I make that decision. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about individual performances in a bit, but... I understand. I do get your point. You are right in the recruitment. It wasn't recruitment for that that formation. But at what point do you just just change it anyway? Because you need to try something different. I, I maintained in all the early games of the season, we did improve on the pitch when he made the change later mm. in the game to that that formation. Several times that's happened, and I feel like we have improved going forward. I'd, and looking at the football as general, right, it goes in phases in terms of formations across the board and who's doing what on different teams. Wingbacks has been in trend for a few years now. I want to say since just before COVID, wingbacks started being a big thing uh, where everyone, there was one or two teams that did it earlier, of, of course, but then everyone kind of got on board with it during that period. Like even Steve Cooper changed to the five at the back in that period, yeah? Mm. I feel like it's going the other way again now where wing-back teams are getting phased out and and they're getting worked out. They're not doing as well. And the, the people are referring back to a 4-3-3 four, four, three, three or 4 two, three, one or something similar to that. And I feel like maybe we do need to do that because I'm not seeing much at the moment going forward from us to excite me at all. And I don't, like you said, we're talking just now about the target man situation. Um, we signed Kuerovic. And Duff has said about him being somebody coming in for more of a development sort of side of things. But I kind of almost feel if he's going to persist with two strikers up top, he needs to eat his words a little bit and try and get him into the team to use his, uh, like, what he offers to allow the other striker to get into the game. Because if you're playing two people who are so similar, it's not working. He obviously doesn't think maybe he's ready to be starting all his games, but I feel like soon he might be forced into trying to rush him in. And maybe it could work. You don't know, do we? We don't know until we see it. But I think he's the only person that's going to offer that target man style who's going to be able to give an opportunity for somebody to play up to, win the first ball, let Lowe or Yates play off him into dangerous positions or Cullen. Don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, on Kukarevich, I do feel sorry for him. I think a lot of people don't rate him already, but to be honest, he's only had bit part appearances when chasing games. So that's not a fair representation of what he can offer as a player. He hasn't really been given, he hasn't started a league game yet. You, you know, I feel like you've got to play to his strengths, and the way we're playing now is as if he should be in the team. 
So that's a little frustrating. He, he may well not be ready yet, but sometimes you don't fully know if someone's ready until you give them a few yeah. games to prove it. And then going back to what you said about the you know wing backs and possibly reverting back to a four three three. I think the reason for that personally is, is a lack of wing backs available in the transfer market now in general. That goes for the same with left footed centre backs to go in the, the left side of a back three, as we saw we struggled all summer to recruit for. And that's because now so many teams play that way, is there's no longer enough players of the needed quality to meet the demand. So that's probably why we're seeing that shift back to the, you know, the four two three ones, the four three threes, the four four twos. the thing is we, we've now recruited for, like I said, that three five two. I think I feel like we've pretty much gone all in on that. You know, I, someone to play actually just left back. I, I think the reason Timon has left Stoke is because he didn't fit that system. Ashby, we haven't really seen enough of to know what he's like in defensive one v ones. I'm going to say Key is far more suited to wing back based on his ball carrying ability, though. So I, I, I do feel like we probably just got to persist with the formation, but perhaps change the way we're approaching breaking teams down, or you know, say change the way we, we don't exactly know what way that is at the minute. Like we're seeing players put in performances that usually are so consistent. Like Mac Grimes, probably, but definitely our most consistent player in recent years. I go as far as saying one of the most consistent players in the EFL in recent years. Honestly, you, you, you just always see him put in a good game. Seventy-two percent pass accuracy he had in the derby possibly the worst performance I've seen him play, uh, put yeah. out. That's only a couple of games after. I, I, I've said that about him a couple of weeks ago. So I've, I've never seen him play this badly for us. It's because of the system. It's because under every other manager, he knew he was the focal point trying to you know play forward, play those progressive passes, break the lines. There's none of that now. There's no playing through the midfield. It's playing down the channels, playing up top directly, and it's not working at all. He was next on my uh, little list of notes. Actually, he was, and the question was, uh, why is Duff not getting a tune out of Matt Grimes? Uh, I feel a bit sorry for Grimes because we all know his ability. He's starting to get a bit of stick from the fans a little bit. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swans TV, grab your phone and order a McDelivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. You said about him going over the other day uh, after the game, after Cullen, and from my read online, he had quite a good reception, him yeah. and Cullen specifically, because he went over to actually acknowledge you guys, I guess. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other players weren't so bothered. And, you know... Go on, carry on. I don't know if it was so much that. I think what happened is you had Grimes, Cullen, I can't remember who else, came over first. And the rest of the players were following straight after. Michael Duff was maybe like fifth in line. As soon as he came after, that's when it turned sour. So the rest of them, obviously, as soon as Duff turned away and they were getting all of the yeah. hands just thrown at them, they were going to turn away also. 
I, I maintain it's not that they don't care. They definitely care. We saw a squad yeah. last couple of seasons that have always fought for the badge. It's not that they're not like running hard enough, for example. You know, Darling, he was going in for his strong challenges, same with Nathan Wood, same as always. And I was getting us riled up up until uh, we went behind. Well, obviously, the atmosphere started to dwindle a little bit. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's that we don't care, but there's quite a few players in the system who are progressing quite rapidly. Like, it just doesn't suit them what we're trying to do at all. Yeah, so back to Grimes, I agree with the effort. It's, I don't think it's the lack of effort. I think it comes from more than just... That's the easy cop-out when a, when a game like this happens or the players don't care enough. Well, and I saw some people saying, oh, they should have their own plan if it's not working. It's like, that's just not how it works, is it? No. Um, I don't think it's that at all because a lot of the same team played last year where we won two games. So I don't think it's they don't care at all. Um, and speaking of Grimes, I know he's put on an apology since, which, you know, doesn't mean much, but I guess you've got to appreciate the fact that he's done it, he didn't have to. People are questioning him being captain again and all the rest of it. And he's been, I had to remind someone, I was like, you said about the lack of passion and he shouldn't be captain because there was no passion shown from him in this game. He's just won the last four as captain. So. You just forgot that because they were quite important big wins. That was the best period in our history against them. He captained that. So you can't just highlight the one game now that we've poorly lost and say he's not good enough. You know, he's done more than enough in his fixture to show that he gets it himself, I think, in the past. He's already club legend status for me, my friend. He's played yeah. with not only every game, he's played near enough every single minute since we've got relegated. So as Parker introduced him in and he stayed there. Every single manager has come through the doors has realised what a, what a talent he is, how desperate they've been to keep him around. He signed a new deal not long ago and then signed another new deal just you know last month. I'll keep him here until he's, what, 32? So he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty much here now until... I would say, you know, he's, he's past his uh, point where you can sell him for a good transfer. He's committed himself. He didn't need to commit himself. He could have forced a move to Fulham. To, I'm sure he could have forced a move to Fulham when um, they were after him. And he'd be a Premier League footballer right now. He chose to stay here and try and get promoted of us. So anyone questioning club captain status, not for me. I, I, I think he deserves to be captain. I hope he continues to be captain yeah. for many seasons to come. I agree. Um, so, yeah, 72% accuracy. He did make one big chance. I'm trying to recall what that is. Is it the one he over the top to Janelli, who probably should have scored, to be fair? Yeah. And he had the miss kick. Um, not that it matters. I mean, we wouldn't deserve to go to get anything from the game. Regardless. His uh, game's yeah. done by then. I mean, it would have it would have made a spicy end right? yeah. if we had managed to then nick something. It would have been daylight robbery. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah. Uh, would have taken it. Don't don't get me wrong, but it wasn't deserved. Um, but just him in the system, I just I spoke last time on the podcast about are some players stuck in their ways with how they were playing under Russell Martin and struggling to adapt to what is being asked of them under Michael Duff. I feel like Mac Rimes might be the I don't want to say worst example, but in terms of what I'm trying to say, the worst example of this, and not necessarily at a fault of his, but just because of what suits his game and his playing style. And I don't know if he can necessarily see what is going on to to be in a good way for the system. Like, what's he trying to do going forward? I don't really understand how he's meant to be getting us ticking right now. I don't know how Duff is asking him to get us ticking. You've got Felton and Patino alongside him. It should have been Alan, not Felton. I get that. And then you've got Yates and Lowe up top. 
I feel like there's a massive hole in between there. You've got the three midfielders with Grimes in the centre trying to get his ticket. Felton's not really going to go forward and be the link-up player. Patino is a bit more box-to-box, -box, but he seems to be spending more time going wide. So I, I'm a bit confused as to where you want Grimes to show his abilities in this system. Well, the midfield's disconnected. Like you say, part of that reason is the wing-backs quite often are sticking so deep they're not actually getting forward in <clears> space <throat> to receive the ball. That's the sort of uh, pass that Matt Grimes would usually love, picking up on his left foot, turning out towards the left wing area and playing that pass for somebody to receive in wide area, but quite often there's nobody there in space to do so. The midfield's disconnected to the front line, like you say, probably because of the lack of number 10. The one player we still have probably fill that role being Jamie Patterson, and when he comes off, we actually take a striker off instead. So we're left with one striker up front and Jamie Patterson there yeah. doing the business. He's act I think he's been a bright spark. I think Janelli's been a bright spark, but I think they're being introduced uh, into games at the point where they're already done. And if, if you're going to try and play this way, you've got to start that way one issue we're having as well obviously the midfield three we haven't really found a good combination for patino with grimes patino and grimes i feel like the two have got to be there because how good they are on the ball but then neither of them are that good off the ball you'd think fault would be the natural solution to that but it hasn't been patino's getting pulled early from games again as we said 81st minute this time not as bad but he still has completed the 90 minutes and yeah i think he actually got not he got booed but there was booing from the away end when he got subbed because again He's getting subbed early and he's, he's we're relying on him and him entirely for our creativity pretty much, aren't we? I yeah, I don't think he had the best game though, I'll be honest. I, I understand in the past games. Um but he got subbed in the eighty second minute. I really can't question that in this game. I mean it's fair enough, but also, I guess what I'm saying is every time he picked up the ball, he was the only one who actually stuck to. He's the only one who seemed to be able to hold on to it. He, he was like, you know, like when you're in football training as a kid, and you're dribbling in and out of the cones and away from people. It yeah. felt like he was just doing that because he had no options to watch. Like it was, it was impressive. It, it was utterly pointless, and that's not his fault. It's just because, like you said, there was no movement, no idea. Again, it's uh, you know, there were a couple of times though where there were runs being made in behind. Not many times, but they weren't being spotted either. It's like they don't know when to make that run. They don't know when to lock to play someone in behind. And it's also because quite often they're not actually having the ball in midfield but in advanced areas so yeah i think he's obviously coming up to full fitness and being able to do 90 minutes because it's progressively getting later uh there must be some stats that are showing he's ready to come off or something plus he had that head injury but mm. we were one nil down there's 10 minutes left of the game and he put a striker on so on the pay on the face of it i don't think that's the worst decision personally um if anything i would argue other stuff should have changed earlier you know, maybe Felton comes off. But you said about Felton being that natural solution to the defensive side of midfield. Maybe he needs to f switch him and Grimes round, where Grimes is a bit further forward then. And Felton is the one that sits deep. Because, you know, Grimes used to be an attacking midfielder before we kind of converted him into the role he is now. Maybe there's something that Duff can tap into to get a little bit more out in terms of creativity. He got like seven or eight assists last year, so he's got it in him to to play a little bit more advanced, I think. Yeah, it's what Duff hinted at at the start of the season. I think we haven't really seen it. I think we're at the point now with Matt Grimes where quite often you'd see one of the centre-backs going forward and he'd drop in and be that man on the back line who helps get us forward, uh, keeping all of the ball playing through midfield. The three centre-backs aren't budging, so we're just losing a man by keeping Grimes so far deep. So it's either you've got to have one of the centre-backs push up a little bit, which will allow one of the wing-backs on that side to be released, or you've got to push Grimes further forward, like you say. 
Felton's never really going to be that man who, like, you know, receives on a half turn, splits a defence open, but he's good off the ball. And I feel like if you take Felton out of the team, you are relying on Joe Allen to put in a good, like, 60 minutes, and we can't always rely on him to do that. I wanted it to happen. can't get on the pitch at the moment. I wanted him to, well, as I said, I wanted him to start the derby. He did start the derby, got injured before the game started. So it's, it's, it's one of those. And uh, when he's fit, he's great, but he's. Uh, I'm going to be totally barely, blunt on barely. Joe Allen. I think we need to move on. Mm. I think I he's mean, done. He's got a year in his deal, so I, I doubt he's getting an extension on that. He's, he's good to have around and he can come on and play when he's able. But in terms of like building the team and how we're going to get out of this rut, forget about him. Because he's just not going to be part of that. I feel he's like he's not. He's not here get, enough. I think you need big characters to get out of a rut, though. So, yeah, he could be there in the dressing room, but he, you know he can't get on the pitch. Like he, he literally cannot stay fit at the moment. So what I'm saying is, you, you haven't got him available to work with again. So we can't rely on that that ability to use Joe Allen to help us get out of it when he can't get on the pitch. So we need to look at what else we can do that's within our control, that's more reliable and consistent. Because even if you get Joe Allen on one or two games, the chances are he's going to get injured again for the third, for example. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a long-term solution, but if you're looking to break yeah. a run where we're six games without a win, obviously he's not fit now. But let's say we're on a bad stretch. If he's fit, I think you, he, he's something different. Uh, you know, he, he can actually set a tempo. He, could, he, yeah. he knows how to <laughs> break up bad spells uh, in a game. I, I don't think it's as simple as forget about him. We thought that about Kyle Norton, but then he's... I, he's I don't mean it like that. I just mean like... Um, He's a bonus when he's available. That's, that's probably the best way to put it. So it's same using, Walsh, isn't it? Because he's still yeah. around. He's, he's exactly yeah, the same. Done. Exactly the same. Um, and it's it's a shame because I feel like Liam Walsh right now. Maybe you drop a drop Felton for a Walsh, and you may be taking a risk on the off the ball defensive side. Yeah. But I think you'll get a lot more in terms of going forward. Maybe helps a little bit with that that problem. Um, but let's talk about that problem. My solution, what I would like to see going forward, and especially in home games or against maybe QPR now going away because I feel like they are there for the taking. Let's just spin off this three centre-backs. Centre-backs, sorry. Let's spin off this three centre midfielders. So this time it was Patino, Grimes, Fulton. And let's just get someone sitting behind the strikers. So whether that's an Ollie Cooper who's playing more advanced or Patterson, like you mentioned earlier, or Janelli. Start with them, with the two up top, behind them, so there's a little bit of a middleman, and the two in midfield. And maybe there's an extra option for Grimes to use and Patino to use, to work off, and also somebody to pick up the balls from Yates and Lowen for them to kind of work off to make their runs. I don't know, but I just feel like change it up a little bit because it's not working right now. My worry is, I understand the need for number 10. I do, I really do, but let's say that midfield three, it feels really difficult to drop Patino and Grimes on merit because of how good they are on the ball. But that doesn't work as a midfield two. I, off the ball, we get overrun. So then it's a case of, okay, do, do you want to drop one of the centre-backs and bring another midfielder in? But then you've got no width in that system and the wing-backs don't really suit as full-backs. I, I can understand that it's not like an easy solution. I just think he's got to try it. Try Grimes and Patino as a two. I don't think we've seen it really, have we? I don't think we've seen it. All I'm saying is Grimes, I think he would have been a Premier League footballer a long time ago if he was better off the ball. Patino seems worse off the ball again, as good as he is on the ball. I, I think for that to honestly have balance and work, you'd have to just go back to Grimes and Fulton or Patino and Fulton. And dropping Grimes is unthinkable. So I think in that system, Patino would have to 
drop out for me as, as uh, you know maybe that's a bit controversial maybe I just I feel like we're at the stage where rolling the dice even if it doesn't work what's the difference to where we are now my other point is why wouldn't Bettina work as a 10 why why is he uh, drifting up wide is, is it not possible to have Kurevic started and have Bettina at 10 to try and receive the second balls because then I feel like him in the final third that's dangerous if the wing backs and get up and support yeah there's a lot of options that we don't know the answers we're just chucking stuff in the air and debating it and we, we want to see something different essentially and you what sorry so we don't see what's going on in the training ground either like no. I, I was banging the ollie cooper drum for a while and he played 90 minutes against bristol city and i think it's the worst performance i've ever seen him put in as, as much as i love him he just uh his first touch was off he was running into yeah. people that's, that's, uh, that's another good point though like another player you're saying grimes having a bit of a poor time ollie cooper's having a bit of a poor time just stuff is just not getting anything out of him in this in this style it's like the people who are playing in that midfield are really not understanding what they are needing to be doing. I think there's probably only like one player from last season who I'm looking at and thinking, right, I, I feel more confident than you to play a full 90 minutes as Liam Cullen. I think every time I've seen him play, he seems confident picking up the ball and making things happen. Obviously, there's been some good performers, key, but he weren't here last season. Um, Abdullahi, before he got injured, was promising. Again, we hadn't seen him. Apart from that, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just thinking of the entire squad and trying to think, is anybody playing better than they were under Russell Martin? Yeah. I know it's a difficult one because we were on a winning yeah. streak at the end of last season, weren't we? I think Cullen probably is like the only one that comes to mind. This is what I was. This is why I said what I said about the transition and the players that were here seem to be having a more of a tougher time than the players that have come in to get on board with whatever this new system is. And I say whatever this new system is because I don't know what they are asking them to do anymore. So it's difficult to sort of like talk about it because I, yeah. I really, I really don't know what the plan. I think it was mentioned on Sky as well, like Ashley Williams. What is the plan going forward? And then they're also not really. I actually credited them defending better in the first half. I thought we did defend better in the first half, and then when Cardiff went in half time, it came out a little bit more fired up in the second half. It, the cracks were there again, yeah. And it was inevitable that they were going to score. So, like, as Ashley Williams was saying on the telly, you know, there's no plan going forward, and then they can't even defend when you go the other way. So, like, what is the game plan? What is the system? Uh, yeah, I, I, the defence, you know, I feel like Duff did come in and want to shore us up a bit more as an initial thing. And you only need to look at Southampton right now to show that that was an important thing that needed to be done. And the issue I have is if he can't manage to do that, because you've got to do that before you can build on the attacking stuff, then that's going to be an issue. Because if you can't fix that problem, which means you can't get to the second problem, which is scoring goals, there's only one way to go in, really, isn't it? Yeah, I do almost feel embarrassed when people ask me the question, oh, so what was the game plan? What went wrong? And I've, at both times now, the last two games, I have been able to give a clear, definitive answer. Normally, I'll, I'll just speak and speak about it, and someone has to cut me off because I you know, lost track of time. I've I barely got words to describe what we're seeing nowadays. I mean, 2 0 down, 90th minute, keep in mind. It was like out of eight minutes out of time, it's maybe like 94th, 95th minute. You, you would have sworn we were 3 0 up. We were passing around the back at a snail's pace, like we were under Russell Martin at you know, 1 0. And that's what we mean we're falling back into old habits. I feel like the centre backs, especially, because it is, you know, so many of the centre backs are players who were there last year. It, it becomes really easy just to play sideways and slow. and 
we were sideways and slow under Russell Martin, but we always had, you know, most of the time we had movement, we had ideas of how we wanted to play the ball. Pro was a big reason for how we were able to progress, mind you, because he'd drop in, hold everyone off, turn into space, and by then the wing backs were gone past him. And they had, the thing is, the wing backs aren't going flying up the pitch anymore. We've got nobody dropping back in like Pro was doing to receive, you know, bordering on the final third. But we're still playing as if that's what we want to do when we were out of ideas. And then eventually it's one ball down the channel, one ball up top, and you lose a second ball, and then you're defending again. It's uh, Yeah, Perot has been the classic case of maybe not realising what you had until he's gone, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we underappreciated what he was doing when he had a quiet game. Yeah, And now you can maybe see it, because you just allow the other players to get involved, maybe. You know, I said Yates has been quiet since he's left. Like, he allowed Yates to have the space and time to do what he needed to do and he wasn't the most lively player even when Pro was here but he managed to knock up with two goals and be in the right place at the right time and Pro didn't score any league goals and you think oh well, he's not having a good season but he's making them other opportunities available Yeah. and if you look at him now at Leeds a team that's got a, a stronger team overall where he's perhaps going to get a lot more chances it'd be interesting to see how many goals he's going to finish the season on he's already scored three for them I'd be surprised if he don't hit 25 the rate he's going to go at, honestly. Just, I watched a bit of the Millwall game and, yeah, it, it was classic Perot. Third man run, one touch out of his foot, bang, first goal. I didn't catch a second one, but it, it, don't, it don't surprise you. I think the you know the fans were loving it. Maybe they were they didn't know if he was going to hit the ground running for them. Leeds are still, keep in mind, like mid-table. They haven't gone fully firing yet. That Millwall game may now spur them on. I, I think they could easily get automatically promoted. I, I think... Before the season, they, they were asking predictions, and then one of them was top scorer in the championship. And I put Joel Perot in brackets for whoever he goes to. He's like Leicester, Southampton, Leeds. He's that sort of player, just back him to do well in any yeah. of the systems at the top of the league. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we don't really have the answer to how to fix the problems because it's hard to fix a problem when you can't see what the problem is because you don't know what is being asked in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, all the solutions we come up with, you know. What's the answer? I guess like Ben is saying it's difficult to drop certain players because of limitations in the system and how we're playing. I'm saying just roll the dice and go for it, I guess. But either way, I think that shows exactly where we are and why Duff has been questioned so heavily because it already feels like the end of the road. Just just kind of like try, try whatever to get a win and that's not where you want to be. So let's look at some other things. A couple of other notes I put was Nathan Wood had a horrendous time against Bristol City. I did think he did have a bit of a better game in this one. I'll be honest. Out of the back three, he was sweeping up quite nicely in that centre position. Um, So maybe it was the speculation that got into his head in the last game a bit. And a lot of people jumped on his back about it as well, how we should have taken the money, including myself, I think. Should have taken the money. He's not a good player. Look at the performance he just put in, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he was a little bit more down down to earth, I think, and put a decent performance in. Not an amazing performance because, you know, it's a team thing. And I think sometimes a centre-back position when the team plays so poorly, it's difficult to kind of excel in. But I think he did do a decent job. Um, and Rushworth as well, I would say, was the only player to kind of stand tall, if you like. Could have been he worse. made some vital Could saves. Could have been a lot worse without him. Yeah. I would say this is the best game I've seen him play. 
I think that's probably near enough where the positives ended, though. Unfortunately, wasn't it? I, like we did the player ratings thing, and quite yeah. a bit, didn't really give a rating because they hadn't been on the pitch for that long. Apart from that, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was rough. It was rough to see so many people struggling at once. You're almost waiting for like you know you back when you had like Routledge and Dyer, you wait for someone to like stand up and take the game by the scruff of its neck, and it just never really happened. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on down my little bit of keynotes I made from the game. We discussed some of this already. Yates and Low Anonymous, I know we already spoke about that. I'm not sure if those two pairing together is is the way forward, personally. Yeah. And do you know what? Janelli excites me more than both of them. As a winger, he would, wouldn't he? But I think the issue is, are we playing the way that would suit him up front? Quite often, his no, maybe not. he ended up yeah. ended up out wide, running the people just fine. That, but say it's Janelli or Low right now, I would say go with Janelli. Based off that performance that we saw, the little bits from Janelli at the end, yeah, you would say that. I agree. And 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 I think he can hit the ball, mind like oh, he can. He scored that screamer, and then the one he did have a shot from quite far outside yeah, the box. So when he just went wide, to be fair. Yeah. If that had gone in, he can strike. He can strike a ball. He can definitely strike. He's, a ball. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just getting him in space where he can turn and actually do mm. something. This is the issue. Uh, to be fair, though, I will call him out as well. He should have scored when uh, he was put in in the box and he miskicked kicked it. That should have been a goal. Yeah, that should have been yeah. a goal. No one's perfect, I suppose. Are they? I mean, no, I, no. If it was anyone, you'd say they should have scored in that position. It's, it's uh, maybe the pressure got to him. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah set the target as a goal pretty much from there when they were so close it just summed up the night but just uh you know i just said sang praises so i've got to be realistic and say he also should have scored uh pedersen and timon make their debut what do we think here i think for me okay it's first it's a difficult game to come in and make your debut pedersen had some good moments and had some poor moments but then he hasn't played that much football so it makes you question why he was on the pitch for so long when you've got the likes of Cabango, who has had an excellent history in this fixture on the bench. Mm. Uh, Pedersen, the penalty that he gave away. Yeah, it was outside the box, but big but. The foul continued inside the box. So as much as I was clutching at the time as well, it probably was a fair decision. I think my biggest takeaway from Pedersen was probably he was better on the ball than I expected him to be. And unfortunately, he was a lot slower than I probably expected him to be. I think it's going to be really easy for people to turn him if Timon goes forward and leaves him to sort of cover that left channel. Um, I think at last pod, I said I expected him to play maybe 15 times if he started straight away. But then Humphreys didn't play yet. He was way on international duty. Pedersen wasn't. That was probably Duff's thinking. That's the reason. You haven't yeah. had as much time to train. Yeah, my hope would be Humphreys comes in either for QPR, Sheffield Wednesday. If, if I'm Duff, I'm putting Humphreys straight in, honestly, because this, you know you don't know when the, the board can pull the trigger if we keep losing. You, I, I'd like to think that uh, Watson probably, you know, he's not going to be on him as much because you know it, it was his hire. It reflects badly on him if he sacks him so soon as well. Um, but you know he, he's not going to make a decision that'll be detrimental to the club either. Watson, if if we keep getting worse week on week and there's no sort of idea for how we want to, you know, play, I suppose, how to attack, then it's, it's, it's going to end sooner rather than later, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. Was it Watson? I thought it was Coleman who brought him in. Um, well, 
Well, Colin would have signed off now, wouldn't he? But then Watson was probably the one who identified him and made him first choice. Yeah. I see a lot of people saying about Potter, but Potter was available when Duff was available. That's not happening. He just turned down Leon. He's not coming to the championship, so let's get that idea out of the uh, window before we start getting hopeful. There's a reason he left in the first place. He, he could walk into pretty much any Premier League club below the top, like seven for me, Potter. I think as soon as somebody gets sacked and it's the right project there, he'll come in. Or he may wait until the summer because it'll be funny. He can. He, he's just come from Chelsea now. He's, he's definitely not going to drop down a league. Big payout to leave there, isn't he? So. And he has like 60 million or something. Yeah, yeah. He's in no rush to get back on the pitch. He had like a six year deal, and he was gone after six months, wasn't he? Gonna I know. Be Sounds a bit like what we're going to experience now. Um, no. Okay, difficult to sing praises sometimes, but Cardiff, let's have a look at Cardiff. I don't think they looked amazing. I think we were really poor. But from the Cardiff we played in the last two years, if you're a Cardiff fan, you've got to be happy with what you saw. I, you know, like even if we give them a game, I don't think it was an easy win. I don't think they're a top team in the championship, but I think a signing like Aaron Ramsey has definitely given them something to get excited about to build around and has given him an uplift. And also, I think, the transfer embargo has actually helped them. In a weird way, it has. I know. I, I don't think anyone expected them to have as good a window as they did. As for the game we just saw, yeah, they, I, I think they did fine. I don't think they were exceptional, but they didn't need to be. I'm sure if we brought them more of a game, they had more gears to work through than they had as well. That's probably what's worrying on our part I think we could have performed better and they still we still wouldn't have really got near them say that's it because you know at nil nil up until the first goal I think everyone knew Cardiff was the better team it probably didn't look as on paper when people see nil nil 72nd minute 85th minute don't look so bad does it but truth is there was really really only one team in it for large portions of the game they were obviously a lot better in the second half on the whole, the first half, there weren't many chances either. First half, I think, it was quite 50-50, but second half was only one team. At 50, uh, the first half, everyone was just sort of saying, I bet all the neutrals are switched off by now. We couldn't really remember a shot. The first half, half looked like a game where neither team wanted to lose, and they, for, as a result, weren't trying to win it either. But what I would say as well is in the first half, you at least knew what Cardiff were trying to do going forward. Us, on the other hand, we really was just sort of, you know, we've said it enough times, we, we keep saying no game plan, but it is just the truth. We haven't really seen... The closest thing we've had about this since relegation was probably that stretch at the end of Steve Cooper's tenure where we went on a really bad run and, you know, dropped out from automatic promotion into, like, the playoffs. But even that, I mean, at least then we were defensively solid, I suppose. Now we, we don't really have anything going for us at all. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me when we spoke to the Barnsley fan that we had on at the start, like... I haven't really seen any of what he was saying, the high press, the directness, the quick transition and being quite a threat on, on that quick transition phase. Um, I just don't know how he's building that in. You don't even see any little signs of it really sometimes. So you see like the two the two forwards running, but then the rest of the team not joining them. It's weird because we've, we've recruited to play this way. Look at the signings. I know Timon's only had a game, but Josh Key as well. You'd probably say Helton probably does have more of that ability in him to like press that way than maybe our other midfielders. Janelli definitely would have that uh, in him if he was, you know, brought on the pitch. I I don't understand how it would work. I, I like you know we we say this without ever really watching Barnsley and Cheltenham to a large extent. Like you think these high pressing systems need an extra man in 
the second half of the pitch to have the bodies there to press because we got three deep with Grimes always sitting deep as well. It doesn't seem like we would ever even have the numbers yeah, but this, is, this way. This is what he was telling me that it would be one sit in and then two eights, if you like. So two box to box midfielders ahead of the one sit in. So not a 10, but two box to box. Um, but there seems to be a gap there for me. Yeah. You know, this is why we thought Ollie Cooper would come in and do so well, though. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if think Ollie Cooper is an eight, but no, he's a know, ten. Yeah, so this is the issue. So that's why I almost feel like he needs to go with two sitting and one ten, rather than the two ahead of Grimes and then Grimes, because they're kind of all doing the same job but not doing a job at the same time. It's weird. It's hard to explain. Felton is a weird one as well because. He had so much stick in Russell Martin's first year of not fitting his system. He can't play the ticket-tacker passing. Had a really good year in the second system. And now he kind of looks like he can't get on with this style, which you were saying, everyone was saying in the first year of Russell Martin, that probably suits him more. Yeah. I don't know. It's just obviously down to how they're all being used. I don't think individual players are necessarily to blame you because you've seen what they can do so many times. Especially the, you know, these players were talking about the being here before. Um, Okay, not much more to say on this. I guess Cabango being left on a bench. What do you think of that? Um, I'm I was surprised one because of the history as in the derby, but also if you were to drop a centre back from the last game, you probably would have expected Wood. Maybe because you had Pedersen to come in, I thought that Darling would be more suited to that right centre back role, and Wood would be more suited to the middle. I, the thing is, I think darling on the right side of the back three makes sense because we saw on the rough Martin and we saw milton Keynes. he was very good at picking up the ball and making runs into midfield it was a couple of times in the uh the game on saturday he picked up the ball he had say 10 yards in front of him and he just sort of like looked left looked right didn't really know what to do with it and eventually started jogging i'm like if you had taken that first touch forward and taken it to them straight away to taking that run into midfield all of a sudden then key may also join you on that right hand yeah. side it's just one of those things like simple things that we did well last season we're not doing and I feel like the bad things from last season that we were doing the you know, lethargicness that sort of thing we've carried on into the next into this little spell now yeah. I think a lot of it might be confidence as well uh, the longer it goes on without a win and not really showing any positives the players are getting scared to do things they have no doubt in their mind questioning themselves on the pitch all that comes from it just how you change that is difficult um we talked about Joe Allen. Okay, so how much pressure is Michael Duff under? You could look at the comments made beforehand as well, playing down the game. I know we tried saving them this week before the kickoff, but the damage perhaps already been done. You look at Errol Bullet for Cardiff and definitely used that to his advantage. It's like the flip of what has happened in this fixture for like the last two years where all the Cardiff managers have downplayed it, just another game. Russell Martin obviously rallied the troops. You see him see it doing the rounds on social media. Yeah. In direct comparison, I still think we need to move on from it. Like it's a new manager now. We can't keep comparing whoever's in charge, whoever the next person after Duff is, and we can't still go back to Russell Martin every time. But he did rally the troops well for this fixture and it was like the flip. And we didn't want to believe it before the match, but I guess the true the truth happened in Downplaying the fixture, that team gave, gave a lackluster performance and we suffered as a result. So how much pressure is Duff under? 
yeah, I mean, as a human being, this is the thing we forget. He is a human being, probably immense pressure. I, I'm picturing myself in his shoes. He walked towards the away end and had that sort of reception that he did. That must have been, you know, awful for him, I'm sure. So I hope he's doing fine. Is you know, just trying to think of him as a person as well. Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about rallying the troops. I, I do think he's probably nervous just to do interviews at this point, as stupid as that sounds. I'm not saying, you know, he's, he's done them time and time again, but there's been quite a few comments now after the uh, the, the game after, I think it was Bristol City, transfer window closed, oh, well, um, the squad wasn't finished, so then season starts. Now he had a bit of a rinse in for that. You know, the would rather lose to Cardiff twice to get promoted thing. He's, he's had a few you know bits of stick for that. After the Cardiff game, um, I'll stick to my principles. I'm not going to change what I'm doing and you know what we've been seeing is poor you'd like you'd like to see it maybe think there's a few things to address I think now going forward he's probably you know you, you approach interviews is he going to be scared to say anything in particular anything too extravagant that's when I hope he doesn't go into a shell like the players now are going to be looking for somebody well, obviously the manager to come up with answers tell them exactly what they're doing wrong how would you improve? And what I'm worried about is if he doesn't have those answers in the press conferences, does he have them for the players? Because on the pitch, it doesn't look like they've been given clear direction. No, tricky one. And it's weird because we started the season with a draw to Birmingham, who doing quite well, and we actually didn't look that bad. And yeah. I wouldn't have thought we'd be where we are now, uh, six games in. Uh, looking at some of the comments then from we put out the form, uh, on Twitter, you might have seen it, on Instagram as well. So keep an eye out for it after the next games. We're going to try and pull one out after every game to collect some thoughts and feedback from all the fans that are watching so we can kind of discuss it, get a general idea of how everyone is feeling about the players and the game. So we've got a scoring system, so we'll go through the ratings in a sec, and I've got some feedback, general comments, I guess, about the game. So I'm going to read a couple out. doesn't tell me who wrote it, it's anonymous, so you can be honest. Um, first time the Swans you've forgotten the occasion no real desire keeper stopped it being 4-0 easy Cardiff played with purpose um, we spoke about the passion I don't know if there's a lack of passion but everything else I would agree with you could say Cardiff wanted it more probably isn't an unfair comment though but then yeah. it's, it's easy to say after they go 1-0 up and you know the stadium starts bouncing that's one thing I'll say as well um, they, they were praised for the noise they made but it was pretty much a library in there until Nil nil's only really the away until one nil. Sorry, it's pretty much only the away fans making a lot of noise. But from one nil, it was just a party for twenty five minutes for them. Then wasn't it? Yeah, well, they haven't had anything to party about for two years, have they? So, no. tough as a road, did everything we've been about the last eighteen years in the space of six games. I don't quite agree with that one, but get the point. Yeah, so, there were some other managers who also had a bit of a rocky yeah. time in that eighteen-year period. But there's quite a bit of Bob Bradley and Paul Clement in the middle of that, wasn't there? But. Uh... Yeah, Gary Monk stint that went quite poor as well. And as much as everyone loved him, you'd even say Guidolin because the style of play went as well. Carvajal, yeah, it's, it's not Paolo quite Sousa. Sousa, at least we was you know doing well, I suppose. Yeah, but in terms of like eroded what was built before him, he went a lot different. One nil Shevki Kuki. One nil Shevki Kuki. Yeah. I think the only good thing I can come with this now is that Watson can sort of see how the fan base has gone straight on Duff's back because of the play style. Like, we're not Luton Town. I'm saying that because he was at Luton Town and built that philosophy there. Um, <coughs> Speaking of this, though, I'm a bit concerned. You mentioned Watson, you mentioned Luton Town. By all accounts, Nathan Jones was a guest for Swansea City at that game. 
it, it's not going to happen. It, it won't. I, I, because you can't hire Duff and get that reception. Someone turn on it so quickly, and then hire Nathan Jones as the solution because you need to hire a manager who everyone will immediately buy into. We, you know, he's allowed to be a Cardiff fan. I've, you know, that, that's where he grew up. Fine, but when he came down here with Luton and he's jumping in the away end to celebrate with them because he'd beaten Swansea, you can't then hire him as a Swansea manager to pull us out of a rut and expect things to turn around. The other thing I'll say as well is as good as he's been at Luton Town, he's gone to Stoke City, couldn't handle it. Gone to Southampton, couldn't handle it. You need yeah. somebody who's been there before and pulled teams out of a bad way and can play a good style of play. And that, there aren't many people around who will come to Swansea City for that. So... no. I'm aware of that, but he, he's not the answer right now for me. I feel, I feel like it would be a crazy decision if they hired him to replacement. First half okay, but as others don't seem to have any sort of game plan, of others are said, I think it's meant to say. Um, two poor teams last night, but we were the worst of the two. Fair comment. We were the Swans poorer. looked toothless, Cardiff looked average at best, but probably deserved the points. I think you can take probably out of it, but agree with that as well. It's plain and simple. We lost because the players looked like they hadn't been coached. No game plan. Our players look into each other, clueless as to what to do. Position untenable. Get Duff out now. I mean, this just sums up how everyone's feeling, doesn't it? Absolute yeah. tosh. One of, if not the worst performance I've ever seen in a derby. To sum it up in three words, lack of identity. I've seen plenty accuse the players of lack of desire, lack of fight. I saw none of that. I simply saw a group of players who wanted to succeed but had no idea how to do so. The rate of regression is frightening and I have no idea what we're doing. Is that you by any chance? That was me, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there we go. You can you can work out sometimes who, uh, yeah, who has wrote the comments. But that's that's good. It just shows that, you know, it's in line with what you're speaking about. So yeah. um, the better team won. Rushworth had some great saves but ultimately couldn't stop everything. I blame Timon and Pedersen for the two goals. Interesting. Uh, we lost the ability to pass the ball. It seems like we get worse every week on the pitch. I've lost all faith. Uh, just not our guy. I, uh, can you blame Timon for the first goal? It was a really good goal, to be fair, from uh, Tanner. Good bit of individual ability. I, I, I think it was a perfect pass, is what I will say. There was a, a real bit of quality. The crossfield pass that, you know, landed straight at his feet. Great first touch. I, I, in normal circumstances, you're, you're trying to chest it down and that gives a defender a second to recover. I, I don't think it's like, you know, an individual mistake, which led to I think to it was hard to stop there. that. Like, he had a good touch and he got past the man. It's not like Timon was left for dead. He was still next to him. He just couldn't block the shot. A left foot is ridiculous to try and stop cutting inside as well. They, but like, they all... Yeah, and let's be honest though, it was coming a long time before that. Oh, it yeah. was coming a long time before that. The, the penalty, good. yeah, it was a bit of a silly. Yeah. But I think it's like he was put in a difficult position, wasn't he? And he obviously made the mistake for the pen. But it's, uh, I don't know if he could show all the blame. It was a bad moment, but we were already down. Down one nil at that point. If it, if it wasn't good with the first goal as well, if it wasn't going to come from Tanner in that instance, I, I think next five minutes they, they, they were getting, coming from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, looking at the player ratings <clears throat> in line, kind of with what we were saying, Rushworth with a six point two five. So this it's is over. We only had, we had you were sorry. There's an average of everyone's. Yeah, so we had twelve responses this week. It's only the first time we've done it. 
response. Thanks to everyone that responded. And I didn't manage to get it out directly after the game, which was the intention, because it was an error on the survey that was still showing the Bristol City game but gave all the players available for this one, so it was just not lining up, so I didn't want to put it up until it was fixed. So hopefully in future you'll have it straight away as soon as the game's finished. Um, and the other thing is, because it's not me doing it, it's with, so we're in collaboration with someone else that's providing us this tool, and they left off two of the players. So there's some teething play, uh, problems. You might notice that Jay Felton and Jamal Lowe weren't available to be scored. So they haven't got a score, but I've got the rest of the team, so we'll have a look. So we've got Rushworth, 6.25, Wood with a 5.08, the only two to get above a five. Now, I think we did Ooh. mention we did mention those two probably at the better games. Yeah, um, they're only two yeah. over a five. Christ, yeah. you know some people have just put like one for everyone. But <laughs> Look, I think the context of what game it is does take a lot of um, yeah. the initial rationality of, of making decisions in into account here. Uh, Josh Key, 4.8. 9.2 Timon at a 4.75 so I don't know if maybe everyone agreed with him being fully responsible with the goal he is the fourth highest rated player Patino 4.42 Cullen 4.33 bear in mind he won on a pitch that long yeah. Pedersen 4.33 considering he gave the pen away he's in yeah. the middle uh, Grimes 4.25 again we said quite a poor game from Grimes Ginelli 4 it's a bit harsh Nearly. He's trying to make something happen. It wasn't yeah, much to work yeah, with. Yeah, he had what twenty minutes on the pitch, and he's probably our best threat. I would say. Yeah, Patterson three point seven five. I think these low ones are from the fact that they didn't have much time with some of these subs. Yeah. Darling three point six seven. Don't know if well, I was justified. I don't think he, he didn't do great, but none of them did great. I don't think he did any no. worse than anyone else. Yeah, uh, Yates. 3.58, I mean, he was rather anonymous. Mm. Don't know if it's all his own fault, but didn't do anything, did he? So, no. Um, Cooper, 3.42, I mean, he had like two minutes on the pitch. So, same as Kuarovic, he had a 3.17, but you can't, can't judge but, those yeah, two. Yeah, really. on all the ones who were on the pitch, like five, ten minutes, I just chucked on the six because you don't have time to make an impact, do you? No. So, that's the scores this week, and we'll keep that feature going forward. I think it will give us a good. Uh, perception of what everyone's feeling okay that was a long time talking about last week on the pitch i mean it's the cardiff game so i guess it happens doesn't it with with the derby um we're still managing to speak at the moment so we'll we'll carry on with the rest there's not too much more to discuss though i didn't go in detail for the other sections but let's start on next week on the pitch then qpr versus swansea first of all where we once again going up the m4 but further this time to loftus road uh, the preview video should be up by the time you watch this podcast as well, so go check that out. And Swansea versus Sheffield Wednesday on the weekend. The preview for that will also be up later this week. Um, two big games. I think QPR might have been doing okay lately, haven't they? There are only two places above us, surprisingly. Two wins only two places losses. above us. However, a win won't take us ahead of them, so that yeah, just shows where we are. It's getting bad, isn't it? Yeah, so... QPR and, and Sheffield Wednesday, they are winnable games. I think that's clear to say. Now, Michael Duff doesn't have a good record against Gareth Ainsworth, unfortunately, with losing both times uh, against him. Uh, that's not, not one to fill people with positivity. No, but not. I don't want to go into too much detail. We won't talk about Sheffield Wednesday because we've got a QPRs first. And I guess what happens there might impact the weekend. I think I maintain what you said earlier. Two more losses and curtains. Um, 
Probably, I'd imagine. I, I struggle to see how it isn't, but we'll see it's, what it's, happens. It's the opposition we're playing. You've got to take into account as well. You're not going to get more winnable game. No disrespect to them because they're doing better than us both. Sheffield Wednesday are a mess though. That if we lose that one, are they actually playing worse than us? Oh, they didn't have shot on target against Ipswich. I saw their podcast talking about it and uh, they were going nuts saying it's embarrassing to not have a shot on target in, against any team in the same league as you. Now, we nearly fell into that category against Cardiff until very late on, yeah. uh, but we didn't. But they didn't have a shot on target against Ipswich and they came up together, so they are not happy. They are in a bit of a mess with the manager situation. They're not happy with the board, with everything that happened with... Um, his name slipped my mind from last season that left. Darren Moore. Darren, Darren Moore, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So they're in a bit of a mess. So if they go and get their first win of the season against us, depending on what happens with them midweek, I'm not sure how Duff can come back. But that's that's for another time. We'll just quickly talk about QPR, and I just want to ask, team, where do you go? Uh, for the reasons I said earlier about the wing-backs not being safe to a back four, I think you probably stick with the same formation. I would probably drop Jerry A to stupid as that sounds, because for me now... If you're going to go with this direct there, I think Liam <clears throat> Cullen's probably our best performing forward, in my opinion, for what, what he's doing on the pitch. I think Janelli, I don't know if he's suited to an away game, not the start anyway, not front. So I'd probably look in Kuarevich and Cullen up top together. That's not going to happen. That's quite That'd evident. That's not happening. It's clearly not because Kuarevich. Maybe he needs to make a statement, though. You're not performing. Yeah. I'm going to try something else. True. I think Humphreys needs to come in. So it'd be. But to be fair, who do you play with him then? You're lucky. Two of Darling, Wood, Cabango. You'd imagine if he's dropped uh, Cabango for the derby, it would stay the same. So Wood in the middle, Darling right centre-back. Depends on fitness as well with it being a Tuesday game. True. Um, it's going to be two of those three. I don't think that's the most important. Any two of those three should do a good job on paper. They haven't been, but should do a good job on paper. You stick with Key and Timon at uh, wing-backs, obviously. Um, Grimes, despite having a Poor game. He plays every game for me. He's like first name on the team sheet. At that point, then I'd honestly say you have to put felt the next to him and keep Patino on. But I think you, you need to tell him get closer to the two strikers. And if it is Kuharevich and Cullen, then I think that would offer the most balance. The way we're trying to play at the minute, anyway. Yeah. That is that is really the lineup. That that was the lineup I would go for. The lineup in reality is probably going to be. I reckon you'll go Yates Janelli. You know, I think he's going to lock a bit of excitement. My my personal opinion, I think you go Yates Janelli and pretty much keep everyone else the same. I would Maybe think. Maybe Ashby comes in for uh, Timon. Timon. Um, I'm only saying that because of uh, he's just joined and it's a Tuesday yeah. game. Do you not think he'll bring in Humphreys or Pedersen, though? Yeah. Yeah. I think Depends. because, again, same reasons. He obviously, Pedersen couldn't do 90 as it was. And it's a midweek game. So and it's not just a midweek game, it was at eight o'clock in the night. So there's even less recovery time. I think on paper well on paper, sorry, I think he probably would have wanted to ease Humphreys in, maybe, because he hasn't had a ton of senior football. But I, I think he's been left with little choice. I mean, he needs to find some sort of formula. And I don't think you can leave a player of that quality on the bench, personally. If he's getting called up to the England senior squads, then Nathan Wood's getting called up to the under twenty ones. You know, in theory, one's better than yeah. the other. Then you know, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, well, why is Wood not? I know, it's because of Chelsea, isn't it? But yeah, well, I was say. if if he's if he's getting called up without hardly kicking the ball for the first team, then he's got to be worth something, and he exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what the lineup is. Allen injured, so the midfield. How long is he out for? Do we know? We don't know. Yeah, I don't think. 
calf, wasn't it? Yeah, Ab- it's always a recurring little injuries of him now. I think Abdullah would have been a shout in midfield at this point, honestly. You know, talk about box to box. I, I don't know what he can do on the defence. Got a bit of pace, isn't he? Naturally, he is a midfielder, and, that, and he was playing a number 10 a lot of the time, so it could well have been Grimes, Fulton, Abdullah, or Grimes, Bettino. Not my personal opinion, but Grimes, Bettino, Abdullah, people would have had a shout for. We yeah. knew he was going to start against Brussels City. We assume that's a wing-back. He could well have had a start in uh, midfield. We don't know, do we? I wouldn't even mind, right, if we just try and go on the front foot and all guns blazing, drop Fulton, put him more attack in midfield three and try and get the job done and then bring him on to shore it up. The one thing I will say is if there is a game to be weak in midfield as QPR, because they're a direct team under Ainsworth themselves, they're very much playing in a similar way to what we are right now, but they're probably doing it better. It, Ainsworth is sort of like, not to you know have a go with him, but one-dimensional football in that. He's you know one of them you, classics, isn't he? Like a you know what you get with McCarthy. Yeah, you know Coolest. what you get with the Caribbean's with side. It's always pretty much the same. It worked at Wicker because that was their philosophy. That's what they all bought into QPR. They were favourites for, well, they favourites finished bottom. Everyone on the 1-24 to predictions had QPR finishing dead last. They lost, was it 5-0 to Oxford? Yeah. Like a week before the start of the season. Still doing better than us. <laughs> so, uh... Can't, can't, <laughs> well, I mean, to, no. in, by all accounts, for them, I guess it's a good start to the season because yeah. avoiding relegation is probably their target, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, and I think the shouts for top six for us have quickly turned into just get through the season is going to be a slog. But League One's like anything top. can change. I don't want to. I don't think we'll get there, but it can happen. You know, I just want to be able to see how. Yeah, and, and a couple of them, recent examples where it has happened to have come as a result of a managerial change yeah. when the squad was already kind of good here. I am so, pretty yeah. much at the acceptance now that there's a lack of creativity probably in the side to be getting the number of goals required. It's mad, really, when you think how many goals we scored last year under Russell Martin. But Manning, Perot and Encham actually all dropping out at once. Not that we signed 13 players. It's not that we haven't built a squad. We've got a much deeper squad now. Last year, there were times where you'd struggle to name two people on the bench who were worthy of coming on. Now you look at the bench and say, oh, why isn't so-and-so there? It's because our squad is so big. There's actually people missing out altogether in the, you know, getting on the substitutes bench now. But I guess our issue now is even though we've got a deeper squad, our 11's probably dropped off in quality. I think the... Um, I don't know why my thought process has gone. Cameron was going to say, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. I remembered. I remembered. That was quite quick, but I remembered. Uh, they've said there's money to spend in January. So for me, there's an, one area, and that is properly replace Peru slash get somebody in that can do some creative business behind. Yeah, I mean, un- unbelievably, we're locking probably at an eight now, aren't we? If what you said about the number eights being such an important part of uh, Michael Duff's system is true, then we're missing someone and Encham probably he was probably excited to have Encham not because he was so much of a box-to-box player in fact he probably got criticized for being somebody who perhaps went missing sometimes but when he 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 could pick up the ball and he had the technical ability to run at people and get past people and perhaps we're missing that now the key link would would we be playing the way we are if you had Encham to play into on that right well that's that's perhaps quite an underrated point because he was going to start the first game of the season and then he rocked the boat so he was clearly in Duff's first team plans in terms of like, he's come into a new club, he's going to put this new system in and he was the first player picked to kind of help do that. I would imagine, and he started all the pre-seasons quite often as well, didn't he? 
so we didn't really replace him. No, and to be honest, so, I didn't think there was a massive need to at the time, but no. I'm my words a bit right now. You know, not not you giving Duff excuses, but maybe that is a little point that has kind of put a spanner in with the works for everything they worked on in pre-season. Keep in mind, we were still after a number eight on deadline day and then get it over the line, when we? Yeah. So, you know, if he's if he's gone through all the pre-season, going to start the first game with this guy as one of the eights, probably the more creative option of him. Mm. Uh, you know, we didn't actually look that bad in that game as well. And it's got worse since. And we haven't kind of replaced that role. And it's not an excuse because you've got to adapt around that afterwards. But in terms of perhaps where he thought he was going to start the season, it's not quite there now and he's got to change it. And that's where he's no. struggling. But yeah. I think that might be an underrated point, that's all, in terms of a spanner yeah. in the works for Michael Duff and his plans. But it probably is a point that people haven't picked up upon, but also you could stick Olivier and Cham in that game against Cardiff and it ends exactly the same, I'm sure of that, because we weren't even trying yeah. to play through midfield, but we we were just going over their heads. No. So <clears throat> but I think the difference that it would have made if he didn't rock the boat in the way he did, if we started the season at all differently, maybe the confidence is at a different level, the players are buying into his, uh, the system a bit better because they're seeing results. It could have just you just don't know how it might have changed that that what was it hours before kickoff that he said he wanted to go it was, and well it was the morning of I think that found out but he he got a flight from Heathrow the night before the Turkey I believe yeah so uh, yeah clearly some sort of relationship broke down there I'm not sure what happened but um, I do think confidence is a big thing that people don't realise keep in mind we won three from 22 under Russell Martin in the middle of last season I'm pretty sure all of those three wins came against 10 men then all of a sudden the squad actually got weaker keep in mind January we didn't sign anyone but players left and then it's seven wins and two draws in the last nine nothing really changed but confidence there so it's not impossible yeah. enough to turn it around I feel like that's one thing we should say it doesn't look like he's going to but you can never write a man off you, you, I, I was, I'm glad I didn't tweet it now I was going to tweet it you know for a fact if we win the derby there isn't going to be one single person saying daff out and that would have been true that, that's the reactionary part of football, isn't it? That uh, one result in a big game like that, it can change people's minds. Well, I'm not saying we're going to for a second, but let's say we turn out and beat QPR 4 0. No one's telling him to be sacked then because you can't sack someone after winning 4 0. So it's uh, it's one of those things. And I, I can't see a sack in him as quickly as everyone thinks we're going to. Certainly not. No, they were going to sack him after that game, it would have been done already. I don't think the week ahead is probably a bad week. I think if it is two more losses, maybe there's a conversation. Um, I also don't think they were going to give Cardiff the satisfaction of no. sacking the manager straight after they no. beat us. To be honest, maybe he's maybe he's been saved for the fact there's a midweek game, you know. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes in the next couple of weeks. So, okay, the last part of the the, the podcast then two up, two down. I've chucked some stuff in here. I know I didn't ask uh, you in advance, but I've done it last minute just now. But looking at the league, across the league, two positives, uh, non Swansea related. I've gone for Leeds. Look like they might be starting to find a bit of form and no part thanks to Joel Perot. Scored two on the weekend. Got them firing a bit. Dan James assisting one of them. Makes you sad. It does make Joe Roden. I know Ethan Ampadu never played for us, but yeah, just seeing some of the teams in the league, just ex-players, Welsh boys, it's like, oh. But there we go. <clears throat> so they're up to uh, 10th place. And then Preston as well. Top of the league. I did not expect that, but fair play to Preston. They are doing well. 
especially they if they drew the two one, didn't they? Yeah, drew the first game. They've gone five on the bounce now. It's uh, no, it is surprising to see. And but again, I, I, that's a game where we were quite closely matched to them. So yeah. I don't know what's happened. We didn't progress from that. You know, first half I was one of our better. Was probably one of the only halves of football where we've actually played some decent stuff. It's weird, isn't it? It's, um, you are just waiting for something to hopefully click in training or something. Like I, I know I keep talking about Pep Guardiola this podcast for some reason, but say now he signs somebody, usually they do take about a season to understand his methods. That's because they're obviously extremely complicated and technical. But you do sort of hope. Like one thing we haven't mentioned this podcast, we, we did get warned. They're slow starters, uh, Michael Duff teams. We weren't expecting this, admittedly, especially after we drew the opening game. But it, like normally it takes yeah. about 10 matches before things really start working properly. The issue is we're playing worse week on week. Do you want to see some improvement? Progress. Yeah, I got told Christmas is where you'll start seeing things happening. But the, right now it's hard to see Christmas down, down the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But we'll see. Southampton for down then, for two downs. Southampton cannot defend. So Russell Martin, if it's any sort of, if it makes anyone feel better, he's also under real pressure right now. I I can't actually talk about this game because I watched the entire thing. It was um, it was actually worse than anything we saw under Russell Martin. I'd go as far as saying that. Keep in mind there were some bad moments. They've now conceded sixteen goals in six games. I believe the stats are up on Sky Sports, the three promoted teams from last year: Burnley, Sheffield United, and. Um, Struggling to actually remember the other one off the top of my head right now. Leeds. Leeds. Oh, promoted. Promoted, yeah. Um, Luton, sorry. There we are. Yeah. Um, they all conceded. I think it was between it was something like 35-ish goals, 35, 38 goals over the course of an entire season, 46-game season. Southampton conceded 16 already, which is a league high by quite some distance as well. The next is Rotherham with 13. Um, Still, they find themselves in ninth place in the table. My best because they've had a couple last-minute winners from Che Adams as well, which has boosted them up a bit, probably. One game, I know we didn't want to talk about Sheffield Wednesday. That was the first game of the season, wasn't it? Southampton against Wednesday. Wednesday, I thought we were doing better than they were because they actually came close to nicking a point off them there. They didn't do anything particularly good. They locked in that game like, oh, don't feel too bad with Sheffield Wednesday. Southampton are just going to do that to a lot of teams. They broke the record for most passes in the game. Then you come to the weekend and they lost 4 1 to Leicester. It genuinely could have been six or seven. It was, they would do it. Do you remember the uh, goal kick routine that we kept persisting with with Fisher and Bender? And it just never worked. He's, he's trying it again and very rarely, uh, very nearly, sorry, went 2 0 down because of it within the first four minutes of the game. They would boo in inside 10 minutes as Hampton fans. They're, they're, they're not going to stand really. Won three, drawn one, lost two on paper. It's an okay start to the season. You actually watch them play and they've got the best 11 in the league and they look absolutely all over the place. So I I think it could be a case of, say now, um, uh, what do you call Michael Duff's out of a job? It could well be Russell Martin falls him out the door soon after because they've got to be in the automatic promotion hunt. Are we just the ones stuck in the middle suffering from it all? Yeah, exactly. It's Barnsley are laughing at us right now. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so if that makes anyone feel better... It's not all going swimmingly in Southampton. A lot of people predicted that. Uh, the last one then for Down is Birmingham suffer their first defeat of the season to Watford, who they also received a red card in that game. They're still sitting in the playoffs. It's not that much of a Yeah, I feel negative. so sorry for them right now. I really do. 11.6th place in the table. <laughs> but I'm just saying in regards to like yeah, across the league, you know, it is Birmingham's it's the first, first loss, And that's left Preston as the only undefeated team in the league. I was just I? trying to like... Uh, yeah. 
I was trying to mix it. it up because we keep going in like it would have been easy for me to say Middlesbrough, right, Sheffield, yeah. Wednesday are still rubbish and that's what we say every week. So just having a look at the results and that's one that stood out for me as a team that is pushing at the moment to be one of the top teams, but they suffered their first defeat against Watford, mm. who are mid-table really. Like before that, on five points, they hadn't had a good start themselves. Yeah, it's mad really. It's mad really. As I said, leaves pressed as the only undefeated team, a team that we looked better than in the first half. It's... Uh, this is the thing we do need to remember. It's only six games in. There's so much that can change. That's the bit of positivity I'm trying to put on it. But, uh, yeah. It's, it needs to start this week. Yeah, it really does. It really, really does need to start this week. Right. Okay. Been a bit long, but uh, I, I don't know if anyone wants to hear anything about this game, to be honest. We'll see how many views this gets and people get to this far. Thank you very much for still being here. Um, let us know in the comments what you thought about Swansea against Cardiff and how you feel about Michael Duff, just everything. Just get it, get it all out in the comments. We'll read it. We'll try to respond. Um, just want to hear everyone's current thoughts about the football club, really. Uh, thanks, Ben, for joining me. I hope uh, I didn't take too much time out of your day, but really appreciate it. This should hopefully go up later today. So, um, no, thanks, give you thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, yeah I've enjoyed it. And... Uh, just so everyone knows, there won't be a podcast next week. So for the reason of Lee not being here today, because he's out enjoying his life, he didn't actually watch the derby match because he was out watching Wales play instead. Uh, so he went to the Wales-Portugal game in the Rugby World Cup. I think he made the best choice. So he's out there living a life of luxury in France at the moment. So that's why he's not here now. And I'll be going out next week. So there won't be a podcast next week. Um Hopefully, they will have some stuff to talk about when I come back. That's a bit more positive. But yes, so thank you, Ben, for joining me. And we shall catch up with you perhaps again in a couple of weeks. Um, unless something drastic happens and maybe you'll come on to give your thoughts about that. Oh, if we if we take six points for the next week, I hope to see you having a last-minute pod from France, i got to be honest. Yeah, well, I'll be in the stadium being like, ah, oh, <laughs> right, I'm going to talk. See if you can actually hear me over the crowd. Um, but yeah, if I can make it happen, I will. But it's difficult not taking any yeah. with me. So you're on holiday, mate. Film, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's a couple of TikToks or something. But we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. But thanks for that. As I said, leave a like on the video. Get your thoughts in the comments below. Don't forget to click the big subscribe button. We're on our route to a thousand. So hopefully we can get there. It'd be nice if we can get there by the end of the season. Don't know if that will happen, but we'll try and push for it. And thanks everyone for the support as always. And we shall see you in the next video. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.